I asked our guest, Andy Behrens, to pound the table for someone. Andy, who you pounded the table for? I'm going to literally pound the table. Sorry about <laughs> that. I feel, I feel like everything's, oh, some, some spillage happened. Anyway, literally pounding the table um, to bring to your attention the fact that uh, L Lamar Jackson has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in our game, and it's like people don't care. I I just saw him go like number six overall at the position. This is a year where we're drafting quarterbacks really high too. Like Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, sometimes going round two, round three. Um, Lamar as like the fifth or sixth quarterback off the board is insane. His his best season in the NFL just happened a couple of years ago. Um, it, it was the highest per game scoring season in fantasy history, right? So like his his ceiling, which is established, is the best in the game. Um, he's my number three quarterback right now. And I feel like a little bit of a coward for that. Um, I, everything about the Ravens offseason suggests that it is going to be an entirely Lamar centric team, right? They've built up this passing game. They have a coordinator now who has like actually directed the NFL's number one passing offense. Um, so we're probably going to get a slightly different Lamar, but this could be like a 4,000 passing yard, thousand rushing yard Lamar Jackson, which has obviously never happened in NFL history. He's a good bet to be the first to do it. Um, and I, I can't imagine letting him slip outside the first three or four quarterbacks. I love it. I love it. Worth spilling something over as Lamar Jackson <laughs> this, uh, this year. You heard it from Andy. Go get you some Lamar Jackson. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my phenomenal co-host, Jen Akins. Jen, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. I almost just actually spilled as well because the out the <laughs> intro used to be a lot longer. And I'm drinking, and all of a sudden, we're here again. So, <laughs> Got to um, be on your toes, Jen. Got to be on your toes. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Did you cut it down, or has it been this whole season, and I just haven't noticed? I don't Look, know. Look, I, I, our producer is off this week, so it's I'm flying by the seat of my pants, Jen. I'm clicking you're things. You're doing a great job so far. I, yeah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you're doing a great job. No, I am well. I'm good, man. I love, I love this time of year. I love summer. Um, it's a little, a little, I'd say it's chill in our department, but it's really not. There's never a chill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. How, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm trying to amp myself up to write an article about Sky Moore this week. We'll see how that goes. But uh, outside of that, I'm doing good. Had had a good day with the family yesterday. So here ready to air my fantasy grievances. That's my favorite thing to do. Uh, this is our third annual uh, Fantasy Festivus episode to air those grievances. We're joined with uh, the wonderful Andy Barons today. You can find Andy on Twitter at Andy Barons and check out his fantastic work at Yahoo Sports. He's still the president of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. And you can listen to him as a regular presence on the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, which is a great podcast to listen to. Andy, thank you so much for joining us again and taking your time. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Like, yeah, I can't seem to hand off that presidency. Do do either one of you want it? I'll yeah, I'll <laughs> give it up right now. I'll give up the mantle right now. I'm not the enforcer Jen, that you on. are, Andy. I you said you've it. got nothing to do. <laughs> well, we can talk about this later, but I think I'm good. <laughs> before we before we get too far into our grievances, I got to ask you a few questions, uh, Andy, uh, based on stuff that I've seen you do or things that I've read by you. Uh, the first thing is, tell me about your Chicago Marathon podcast. I saw that dropped recently, and I'm just interested to hear about it, how it came about, and uh, if you're enjoying doing it. Yeah, so that was actually, um, that was the first episode I was guesting on the first episode of the CHGO Chicago Marathon podcast. Um, Kevin Kaduck, who was at Yahoo for a long time and is now at CHGO, 
uh, is running his first marathon. It's Chicago. I've, I just ran my 12th. Um, so I have a little bit of experience, although I like, I, I've screwed up at least 10 of them, including this one. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I've hardly mastered it, but, um, I, I do have some experience messing up marathons so I can, you know, I, I can give people, I can tell people what I've done and then they can, they can assume that that is what they should not do in their own marathon. So it was, it was, uh, it was really fun talking to Kevin about it. Um, I've, I've run Chicago several times and it's just a, it's just, uh, the city's beautiful. The city's beautiful in the fall. The neighborhoods turn out like crazy. Like it is just a wonderful urban experience. It is, it is a great, it is generally a great way to see a city. So, um, I, I had fun with them. It was, it was really nice. I haven't done a marathon, but I love those urban setting runs. Like I'll run five, 10 miles in that range and I enjoy an urban run. Yeah, man. Um, watching, watching like the city's different neighborhoods come out to fully support, you know, runners from the, from the elites who are crazy to, um, you know, sort of the, the back of the pack, um, hobbyist runners, right? Like it's just, it's just great. It's, um, it's a, it's a really special day. And like New York's that way, obviously Boston is that way. And Chicago is very much that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I enjoyed your presence on that uh, on that episode. I like to think of myself as as a runner, even though I don't run enough to call myself that. So it's like uh, <laughs> I, the marathon is like the outer limit of what I am barely physically capable of doing. So that's just like a fun thing to challenge yourself with uh, or torture yourself with once or twice a year. Or torture. That's fun. I love it. Um, I have another question, and this one's more on the spectator fantasy sports side, which I enjoy. Uh, I have Ellie De La Cruz on my dynasty team, and I just want to know how excited. <laughs> so it's just a moment for you to yeah. brag. You that's just want to. You just want to. Yeah. How excited should I be? What's What's the What's the future for this guy? I saw you wrote about him recently. So just what? what uh, how bullish are you on his future? Well, yeah, we'd been writing about him like before the call up and then and then, you know, he's he's one of the rare instances this season where like a, a call up deserves its own sort of blog post right on the on the fantasy side. Um, super exciting. Like Ellie Dela Cruz has barely been in Major League Baseball. He's only been around for two for like two weeks. He is already at the absolute top of the leaderboard in terms of sprint speed recorded in a in a Major League game this season. It was like almost 31 feet per second, which I don't know, every sport measures speed differently. It's weird. Um, but he's he like even literally when he runs, it's, it's, yeah, he's, he's literally the fastest guy in the game and he has, uh, he's already like 95th percentile for max exit velocity. So like, you know, he's the toolsiest player in the game. Basically he's 21 years old. He's super fun. Um, really, really magnetic personality too. So, um, and he, the crazy thing is obviously the reds have been really hot since, uh, since he came up and since they've added like all this talent from their system, he, he might not be the best hitter in that system. Like Christian Encarnacion Strand is yet to come up. That guy's hitting 350 in the minors. He's like the best bad ball hitter we've seen since Vlad Guerrero. He's, you know, OPS over 1100. Like that's another guy you should have on your dynasty roster. Incredible, incredible. I'm excited to see what the Reds are doing over there. I'm, I'm fun with that. Uh, hello to SVLU77. Uh, uh, glad you had a successful 2022 season. Uh, some of mine were successful. Some of mine, not so much. We'll get into that. And hello, Mr. Scapers. Thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, one more question for you, Andy, before we get what into What was that name? Mr. Scape? Mr. Scapers is a cat's name. That's not Mr. Scapers. Yes, Mr. Scapers. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cat's name. And uh, Mr. Scapers joins us regularly. One of our, uh, one of our friends to the show. Uh, one more question before we get into our grievances. This one, I got to ask you Chicago Bears, because every time you come on, I got to ask about the Chicago Bears. Uh, that backfield is confusing from a fantasy perspective. I like everybody. I don't know what to do 
do with it? How are you approaching the Bears backfield this offseason? I mean, I got to be honest. I don't think it's confusing. I think it's a committee like most backfields. Ah, um, yeah. You know, I think that's what you should assume. Our, our problem is we go into every season looking at every team through this lens of like, okay, how can they get to one guy? Um, but almost no teams are trying to get to one guy. And and I don't think the Bears are are in that group. Like, I think, I don't know, who who leads the team in carries this year? Probably Justin Fields, but it's going to be close <laughs> with Khalil Herbert, right? And like, Ro- Roshan is probably really good. Deontay Foreman is a pro. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've, I've never been as high on him as others have, but... Um, but they obviously signed him with the intention of actually giving him a little bit of run that that I like I do hear from the occasional person who just absolutely thinks that based on efficiency alone and, um, you, you know, some of the the supporting analytics like Khalil Herbert should be should be a guy that you find 275 touches for. Um, I get it. He he does struggle in some in some really important like real life areas, right? He had some terrible moments in pass protection last year, and obviously Justin Fields needs all the help that he can get in that regard. So like that kind of stuff keeps Herbert off the field a little bit. Also, the the team may just identify him, and this is most running backs as somebody who is best utilized as a guy who who doesn't reach 275 or 300 touches, right? Like, um, I, I fully expect them to be a committee. Herbert's the one that I would most aggressively draft, but I don't, I don't think there's anybody here that you need to grab like even sort of in the, in the running back dead zone. Like I, I think you can wait the, on the top six rounds to even think about a bears running back. Excellent. That makes sense to me. Uh, I'm hoping they at least get it down to two though, Andy. That's what I'm hoping (laughs) for. (laughs) Even if we're not doing one. All right, let's get into our fantasy football, uh, grievances for the season uh let's start with our favorite team grievances nope let's not do that i read my show notes wrong uh let's start with our last season <laughs> grievances. going <laughs> going from last season what went wrong what are we not happy with uh what can we do to air these grievances uh andy let's start with you what made you upset about last season yeah i think i think my biggest grievance actually coming out of last season is like uh, once again tight ends who were not travis kelsey just barely showed up right like Kittle, Kittle had some moments. Kittle was fine. Um, Mark Andrews was was fine for like, I don't know, five, six games at the start of the year. Kittle was great at the end of the year. Um, Travis Kelsey's dominance at this at this spot is is at this point. It's just cartoonish, right? It's hilarious. Um, each of the last seven seasons in both PPR and standard, he's been a top two fantasy tight end. He's usually been the number one tight end. Um, his dominance over the field last year was just stupid. You know, he doubled up the production of all but like four or five tight ends. Um, it, it's kind of outrageous at this at this point. Um, and I, I obviously I don't blame him. I, I blame everybody else. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, like it's also related. It's kind of a fake position, right? Like the the tight ends that we draft in fantasy all of them, uh, even the ones who can block really well, even Kittle, like they all run routes on like 90% of snaps. Um, they're, they're, they're receivers. Like the tight ends that we are drafting are receivers. I fully support the idea that we should just have sort of a generic receiving position. So we don't have to pretend that guys like Travis Kelsey, who's great, that Mark Andrews, who's always running routes that these guys are like legitimate NFL, like, you know, inline tight ends. That's, that's not the case. Like, Tight end is now a position that is really like two or three different positions in the NFL. And the guys that we draft in fantasy are, are for the most part, just slot receivers. 
I, I remember, you know, some of the leagues that I joined in the late 80s and early 90s, I remember had that blended position. It was wide receiver slash tight end that you could do. And I wonder if we would go back to that because it definitely would change the dynamics that we could stop talking about, you know, Chigagonkwu and players like that. <laughs> yeah, I you know, you were the thing throw is, out Higby. I was like, you're, you're going to throw it. Stop <laughs> a Higby. I, I don't even like to mention Ty. I know. That's the thing. I know. <laughs> The thing is, we would still take Kelsey like in the second round because he'd be like the wide receiver four, right? The wide receiver five. I mean, his numbers are that ridiculous. So it's you're not, you know, you're just getting rid of a bunch of bad receivers is what you're, is what you're doing if you blend it into to wideouts. <laughs> so Andy, are you are you paying up for any of those secondary guys this year? Anyone anyone catch your eye? The T.J. Hawkinsons of the world or anyone? Are you paying up or are you waiting? We'll we'll talk a little bit later about a guy that uh, that I'm taking really late. But for the most part, like if I'm not getting if I'm not getting Kelsey in the first, and you need basically the right draft spot to do that, right? Like you've got to be drafting somewhere in that like six to eight range. If I'm not getting Kelsey in the first. Um, I'll, I'll wait all day. Okay, that makes it. Jen, are you still waiting all day? Yes, you know I'm waiting all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me to pull the trigger on even the Andrews anymore. Andrews and Kittle have kind of burned me I'm in the waiting, last couple years. I, and, like yeah. and we said, I'm waiting past that middle set. I'm not doing the Higby and the commit and all the middle people nope i'm waiting all the way it's a it's total minefield yeah yeah i love it jen uh how about you for last season your last season grievances so i'm going i'm going kind of low-hanging fruit here but i'm going with the broncos offense in general all of them every single one of them um i had so much invested in russell wilson and, and some of the other guys and you know they all were awful honestly the only one so greg dulcich right a, a rookie tight end which that never happens is the only guy that even showed up i mean he was tight end 15 so you know a fringe tight end one if you will uh in half ppr points per game but the rest of the guys i mean R wilson you know was qb 22 i mean i guess whatever you know jerry judy was a wide receiver three sutton was a wide receiver four you know, the best running back was, you know, Latavius Murray, who wasn't even, a you know, supposed to be a Bronco. I mean, he was an RB3 at that. So um, it was ugly. The whole offense, they were dead last in points per game with a 16.9 um, throughout the entire season. So it was just a train wreck. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I live in Denver, so I, I, you know, bought a little of the hype at that time and just invested way too much uh, in Russell Wilson because he was still kind of cheap because, he you know, he wasn't. Coming from Seattle, people were unsure, so he was cheap-ish, so I thought, this is going to be great, tons of value, uh, and it just, you know, sunk like half my teams, so that is it, Broncos as a whole for me. I felt so good about my Dak Russ two quarterback leagues last year. I thought I was I thought I was I thought I was gaming the system. I was like, I've got this. Yeah, I had Russ, I had Russ Brady in Scott Fishbowl on the on the turn, my first two picks, and I was like, this is great and awful. I, I have to say the the Sean pair uh, the Sean Payton Russell Wilson pairing is is one of the wildest experiments that's happening in the NFL yeah I'm excited to I... see I mean I'm not I'm not giving up I mean don't think I haven't taken Russ here and there in best ball I will but like Payton on the one hand Payton has such a great track record with some like way before Drew Brees and then after Drew Brees he has a great track record with super sketchy quarterbacks right so like that's that's pretty interesting. Um, but you also like the way he won for two decades in the NFL is exactly not what Russell Wilson does. And so it's just the strangest pairing in that regard. I'm 
might have a little Jarrett Stidham. I might just 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 this much Jarrett too. Stidham. In Superflex, I absolutely have yeah. him in the end too. Just just a little bit. Just very curious about that. Um, I uh, I'm kind of piggybacking off of what you said, Andy. Uh, the Chiefs disappointed me from a fantasy perspective because we have Patrick Mahomes was the league leader in passing yardage last season. Uh, wins the Super Bowl, phenomenal. Uh, but as we know, Travis Kelsey is the wide receiver in that offense because McCole Hardman led the wide receiver room in half PPR points per game, and he was 34th in the league in that. Uh, if you want to go total half PPR fantasy points, Juju Smith-Schuster led the room uh, 29th. He was the wide receiver 29. So it, this type of an offense that's so good that we're always looking for a receiver to step up and be the guy, you know, those are the numbers we can expect as not even wide receiver two numbers. And I fell for the Sky Moore preseason stuff. Uh, you know, there was stuff on YouTube, did. stuff on Twitter every single day about, oh, look at how amazing he is. And he just barely sniffs the field. Kadarius Tony's exciting, but he's played like 19 games over the last two seasons. I just, now they go in, they've added Rasheed Rice and Richie James. Like, I, I just, I, I hate the Kansas City wide receiver room. <laughs> you t you told us at the top that you were about to write some Sky Moore. I assume it's Sky Moore hype, right? Like, you can't, you can't quit him though, can you? I got to figure this out. I got to figure out where I'm going with this. Cause I started with Sky Moore <laughs> is bound for about, uh, I is bound for the season. We all hoped for as a rookie. That's kind of my premise. But as I'm digging in, I'm like, I may not land there. <laughs> Isn't that funny when you talk yourself either in or out halfway through an article, I do it all the time. I'm like, even on this podcast, someone we get to later, I wrote him down and I'm like, wait, I just talked myself into him when I was like festivusing about this guy. And then I talk myself <laughs> into it, but we'll, I'll still talk about him anyway. <laughs> I know I've I learned over the I've learned over the years that you really have to like you, you have to you have to find the data before you like write your lead before you <laughs> before you actually get into the into the text of the story you probably you probably better check the data set up your data first absolutely I did that with Greg Dulcich recently I was about to talk about how I'm not buying him and I don't know why people are interested and then I looked at all the data and I'm like oh no he's the next breakout tight end I like him so <laughs> yeah uh, let's move on to favorite team grievances. Uh, I was so excited about this category. I tried to jump the gun on it. Andy, uh, I know you're a Bears fan. Uh, there's optimism in Chicago right now, but what's a grievance that you have about the Chicago Bears? Yeah, there is a fair amount of optimism. Um, they've they've made some good moves along the along the offensive line, right? The defense is still uh, pretty sketchy, but for fantasy purposes, we're we're all fine with that. Um, I I think like if you didn't see progress from Justin Fields last year, you weren't looking hard enough. Um, but uh, the the Chase Claypool thing is just gonna is just gonna hang over me. It's gonna hang over the franchise until he's out of here. Like. A thing that we I feel like we talk about every year is that, um, you, you know, there's going to be sunshine around virtually every player in the offseason, in training camp, in the preseason. And you should really prick up your ears when there's bad news about a player and when there's like negative buzz about the about a player. And like Chase Claypool has just been the absolute king of negative buzz so far. Like and, and we're not even in camp yet. Um, and you're hearing like on local sports radio, you're hearing whispers about Chase Claypool and his, and his commitment and his awareness of the playbook and all kinds of not like all kinds of nonsense that we should not be dealing with. He's obviously dealing with some sort of uh, medley of, of injuries as well. And it's just, there's, I don't know that there's obviously it was a disastrous trade, um, a second round pick and a high second round pick for 
a player who really outside of, you know, a touchdown driven rookie season has not really shown us a whole lot of positives in the NFL. Um, you should have just let the Packers have him. Um, I don't expect anything from him this year. He, he's one of the most aggravating players in fantasy because he's so athletically gifted. Um, but I, I'm, I'm already frustrated by him and it's not even July. <laughs> yeah. Trade obviously looks awful. Is he going to win that big slot role? At least, at least do that. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they're, they're a little bit pot committed, right? And they've got to, they've got to figure out if he's, I, they obviously found something in him that they fell for, um, when they, when they made the deal. So yeah, probably, but that's really an indictment of the rest of the receiving core and not so much a reflection of, of anything good about Claypool. Ooh, ooh, bold. I like that. I like that. Jen, uh, your favorite team, which is also my favorite team grievances. Yeah, I, I, you know, I have two teams and I already discussed the entire offense of the Broncos so that we can we can put that <laughs> off to the side. Um, my other grievance um, for the Dolphins is not necessarily a fantasy at all. It's really just the frustration last year of how Tua's uh, concussion situation was handled by not only the doctors on the Dolphins, but also the, you know, the independent NFL consultant people. You know, the guy, I mean, he had three suspected concussions last year. Let's just go over them real quick. So week three versus Buffalo. His head hits the turf in a, in a hit by Matt Milano. He was removed from the game. You know, he was very wobbly. They claimed back spasms. Uh, he re-entered the game. Obviously, that probably should not have happened, right? The very next week against the Bengals, um, it was a short week, too. He starts. He got slammed to the ground, um, and he, he demonstrated that fencing response where his hands were all rigid, you know, which was the one that was the super ugly one that everyone, you know. So he was sidelined for three games. Comes back. Then in week 16 against the Packers, his head at the, the turf again before halftime. They did not even remove him from the game. Um, and he threw three picks in the second half of the game. I mean, he obviously was not well. So that whole situation is ugly. I mean, you're talking about a young man's life. And it was, um, I hate to get serious and all that. But, you know, it was just a bummer um, on the season. And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it's also, you know, people that had him in rosters. And it was frustrating and all of that. Because it's like, do I start him? Do I not start him? Is he going to go down and, you know after a hit because so I just feel like, you know, hopefully this off season, um, you know, all, all the different teams, all 32 teams did things to improve, you know, their, their departments on, you know, not just concussion, but all kinds of injury and all the different protocols and, and all of that. So that was frustrating. Um, but, you know, supposedly Tua is healthy, ready to go, ready to continue on with his, you know, his career. And let's hope that uh, this season is a better one in that regard. The language around Tua is always kind of nasty, too. Like, I get tired of people talking about Tua. It's always, uh, I don't know, always really nasty. I feel like he gets criticized a little extra. Not that he's a perfect player. I mean, there's obviously things to poke holes in his game and things. That, and, of course, we're concerned about the health. But I, I feel like people talk about him, I guess, because Justin Herbert's been so good. I guess people just discuss Tua like he's been this colossal bust. And I, I don't necessarily think that's fair. So... No, I agree. And he said he's had some great games, especially for I me mean, from a fantasy perspective. I mean, I had like I said, I did have him in uh, one of those guillotines last year and uh, he was fantastic. Like, I rode him for most of the time until, you know, he went down for those three games and then all of that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think if there was any thought that Tua was a colossal bust um, last year should have should have put that to rest. Right. Like when he was when when he was right, he was he was incredible. The Ravens game was incredible. And yeah, they have uh, two of the best receivers in the game. But we we rarely see quarterbacks have special seasons without having at least one like like 
truly legitimate number one receiver. So he was, he was fantastic when he was right last year. And the other, like to Jen's point, um, the, the way the NFL and the dolphins just sort of insulted all of us with the, the treatment, the characterization of the first concussion, which was obviously a concussion in real time. Like, I don't know. That's so, I, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I I've seen a lot of injuries covered up and that was just like as flagrant as any ab about an issue that the NFL is supposed to be all over right now. Like this is the new caring NFL that cares about brain injuries and, and to see them just, uh, uh, you know, manipulate the, the sort of protocol last year was, was uh, really obnoxious. It was gross. It was gross. It's also uh, very telling to me, not to get too uh, serious here, but it's very telling to me that the Dolphins were heavily penalized for inappropriately talking to Tom Brady, but all the other accusations and problems that have come up with Miami, with the training staff, with Brian Flores, all that stuff. No, no all that's fine. There's no, no penalties <laughs> there or anything like that. So, uh, ethically, let's uh, let's keep let's go a little lighter about the Dolphins. I'm just going to complain about the tight end position. I I understand Mike Gesicki's not great, right? But he's still like he had 52 targets and five touchdowns last year. Like he he was a part of the offense. So we're really going to go into this offseason and we're just going to say, you know what, Durham Smythe, that's our guy. You know, 115 targets in five years. His blocking grades on PFF aren't good. I'm not sure what he does well, but the Dolphins have decided, you know what, we'll bring in like guys like Tyler Croft. But Durham Smythe, you're our guy. I feel I know it's not a featured position in Mike McDaniel's offense, but I feel like we can we can at least get a blocker if we're not going to get somebody that's going to be fantasy relevant. So I, I don't get it. I don't know why the Dolphins looked at that situation and said Smythe is our guy, but we need something else there. <laughs> I like that Mike McDaniel looked at that position and said, oh, this is a fake position. I don't yeah. need to fill it. That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> I guess so. I guess Cedric Wilson is their tight end. I guess that's How what about I'll we just go. throw to great receivers? I like, yeah. that he's, I like that he said that. True. I do. I do love me some Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle makes me yeah. very happy as a Dolphins fan. I, I might, might waddle like a penguin in front of my six-year-old daughter when he scores a <laughs> touchdown. It's very possible that I do that. So let's move on to a bonus. Uh, this is my mid-segment segment. That's It's a meta segment. It's a fool me twice segment, which Jen came up with the idea for, and I like that. This is someone we went to bat for for a year ago I that did? we're not going back. You did, like years ago. You oh, like, okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Got it. Jen, Jen's like, I don't, I, I didn't do this. What are you talking about? Uh, so this is someone we went to bat for uh, last year, but we're not going back to the well on this year. So uh, Andy, who's someone you were pounding the table for a year ago and you're not interested in this year? Yeah. I just want you to forget for a moment that I said a lot of nice things about Lamar Jackson at the top of the show. And um, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do it again with Rashad Bateman. Um, uh. <laughs> I, and I'm, and I'm not somebody who's generally like, Oh, he's injury prone because I've, you know, I feel like I've, I've, tracked all this stuff long enough to realize that in the NFL, virtually everyone is injury. It's an injury prone league. Right. Um, but a uh, serious foot injury followed by, you know, like it's not, it's not entirely glowing news in the off season either. Right. He's, he's getting, uh, he's getting, uh, pain shots. He's, he's obviously still struggling, um, with the, the, with the recovery from the, from the foot. I'm worried about that. Um, I, I loved him coming out of school. Um, and I still think that he's had like, he's had some very nice moments in the NFL, but he obviously hasn't been able to sustain that over long periods. And if you, you know, unless we just get a seamless training camp and we're not worried about the foot at all, and there are, there are no negative reports about his health and they're not managing him. Like you don't, I, I, one of my favorite things that my coworker, Scott Pianowski frequently says is like, you, you don't, in the NFL, you don't need to run to trouble, right? Because trouble will definitely find you. You're going to, 
you're going to have injuries on your fantasy team. So you don't need to draft a whole bunch of them. And if this is not a situation that's entirely resolved going into the season, he he's not at the level of player where I'm like, oh, I'll take a flyer. Are you uh, are you buying Zay Flowers? Because right now all the negative stuff we're hearing about Rashad Bateman is out there, but we're hearing the opposite of Zay Flowers at this point. Yeah, I I wasn't as big a fan in the in the run up to the draft of Zay Flowers as many people were, but um, I'm also like this is terrible because I'm super bullish on Lamar generally, but I'm but I'm not like I don't. I'm not totally there with Odell Beckham. Um, I'm I'm probably more there with Zay with Zay Flowers than I am any other receiver on this team, other than Mark Andrews, who once again is just purely a receiver. He's not really a tight end; it's a fake <laughs> position. Um, yeah, this this to me is like Andrews is interesting. Um, Zay Flowers is interesting. O- Odell is an awful lot of money, and there's not a great history of players who are coming through a couple of ACL injuries, right? So it was it was a nice flyer for a team that had to take one, um, and we'll see how it works out. He was great the last time we saw him on the field, but again, like two ACL injuries is a lot. So just process of elimination, we we arrive at Zay Flowers. I, I won't won't surprise me at all if he's the number one receiver on that team. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I think I just accidentally draft him. I'm so used to doing it for the last few <laughs> years. Like, gets in the eighth, ninth round. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Bateman. And then I'm like, what am I doing? He's not going to play. I, <laughs> I'm i with you. Uh, Jen, how about you? What's uh, somebody you're not going back to the well for? Well, <clears throat> this is the guy I was talking about that I kind of talked myself into while I was writing down notes about why I was not drafting <laughs> him. Um, but it's Brandon Cooks. I mean, you know, Brandon, I was all over Brandon Cooks yeah. last year. I had him probably on, I mean, I don't know, 80% of my uh, my teams, whether it was best ball, redraft, whatever. Uh, and it was a disaster. Now, granted, he was on the Texans and he was miserable, right? But he ended up wide receiver 42 um, and half PPR points per game. Uh, I think he ended up with nine, 9.0 points per game. He was he only played 13 games. So once again, uh, he is someone that uh, has a lot of injuries. Where I, he's had a lot of concussions and, and other various things. Um, but then I was looking at it and I'm like, well, you know, Dallas, like they're always are looking for that second guy. He's there. I don't know. I mean, he, his ADP right now. So last year, he was his ADP was wide receiver 24. He was a fifth rounder, which was pretty pricey. But at the time, I thought it was great. Now he's a seventh rounder. He's at wide receiver 43, which is about where he ended last year. So I guess he is affordable if you're looking there. So that's what I'm saying. I kind of talked myself into him again, um, which is frustrating because I vowed. I'm like, no more Brandon Cooks. Cause I feel like he has all this potential every year on these various, you know, scenarios. And you're like last year, you're like, no one else is gonna get the ball in Houston. He's the guy. And then he wasn't the guy. And now here we are. He's in Dallas, which is, you know, arguably a much better offense. But still, I don't know. So um, I guess it, is, it really isn't right for the segment because I, I don't uh, I kind of talk myself in a little bit because he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> he is affordable. I mean, he's going as wide receiver 43. So it's like you're not investing a lot in the guy. And if he does, you know, I don't know. But yeah, you know, if, so. if, he, if he has a thousand yards, is this his fifth team? It, with with which he'll have a thousand i think it is right like Orleans, uh, New England, saints the rams, patriots the rams yeah. the texans yeah this is this is fun. i don't i don't it's know amazing. what the record is for number of franchises with which you've had a thousand yards right. but we've got to be closing in on it here that's crazy <laughs> yeah so maybe i will draft him i don't know but not as much let's, let's just say that much last year i was all about him i'm like he is going to be a target monster and he's going to do it all um, and he did not do it all. So um, I will sprinkle him in some portfolios. I don't think I will draft him in a redraft, though. But I will have him in a little bit in best ball. 
I, I will say I don't want the lineup decision, so I'm kind of with you. I don't want to take him yeah. as my oh, wide no. receiver three and then have to decide whether right. or not to start him each week. Right. So, uh, Mr. Scampers, a lot of us faded DK and Lockett last year. We were all sad about fading that Seattle passing game based on how things worked out. So I understand that. That's a good one. Uh, Jay Prug, I don't know how you lost. You must have had Brandon Cooks and Rashad Bateman as your primary receivers if you had Jalen Hurts <laughs> and Saquon Barkley and uh, only won five games. So. Uh, sorry about your rough season. Hopefully next season will be better for you. Thanks for listening in. Uh, my guy that I'm not going back to the well on is Darnell Mooney. I uh, I drafted him a lot last year. I was excited about him coming off a thousand yard season, had that breakout year. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, other targets in Chicago at the beginning of the season. So I thought Mooney would be great. I thought Fields would progress at least uh a little bit as a passer, which he did, which he definitely did. But I thought Mooney would benefit in that way. Now he's only an 11th rounder right now. So you can get him cheap, but a lot like cooks. I don't want the lineup decision. I don't want to think about him anymore. I want him to go do his late night talk show over the Mooney, which I exists in my mind. Um, I thought it was Moon over, wait, I thought it was moon over Miami or moon. moon no, over- no, it's over the Mooney, over the Mooney with Darnell Mooney. It's, it's a late night. <laughs> romance uh advice talk show that's it's it's what it's what i meant it exists in my head and it's wonderful so it's a it's a hit uh only had 493 yards two touchdowns last year uh disappointing chicago dead last in pass attempts last year i don't think that's going to get any better and now they got dj Moore. so i just don't see the targets there for mooney unfortunately and i'm hoping he lands in a new uniform somewhere else because i still think he's a talented kid Andy, do you think he's a talented guy as a bears fan or uh or am i too bullish on him as a talent? no i think i think he's really talented i think he's i think he's you know and i not that the bears tried to sell him as such but he's he's certainly miscast as a number one receiver that was a terrible position to put him in right um i, I don't think he's that guy I think I think most NFL teams have a player as talented as Darnell Mooney. It was the Bear, the Bears just had an absolutely trash receiving core last year. Um, there there wasn't like he he should not be any team's number one. Um, That's fair. I, I think he I think he could get really interesting if he's attached to the right quarterback and a dynamic passing offense. I don't think the Bears are going to have that. A lot of the you know a lot of the reporting around the Bears last week was was already the just offseason stuff. But you know, so take it with a grain of salt. But things only looked good for that offense when it was um when it was fields to more and things looked r- really really sketchy um when it was fields to anyone else <laughs> just just like Ooh. in you know simple seven on seven stuff so um i think more is going to work out i think more is by far the best uh the best receiver that uh that fields has had to throw to since at least since ohio state um so i like that connection is going to be great i I don't know if it's an offense that's going to support. In fact, I doubt that it's an offense that's going to support a second uh, viable fantasy option at receiver. Like they only, they literally only attempted 22 passes per game last year. It was, it was an unserious passing offense. So um, that, that has to be like, I don't know, 50% more, um, uh, 75% more to, to even consider this, uh, you know, a, a viable passing game to invest in outside of fields. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I like my 90s references, so I'm going to call him. Uh, he should be the Darnay Scott. A team needs to bring him in. Oh, be that Darnay Scott. My 90s. I, 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 that's that's a crazy name that you mentioned. I couldn't stop drafting Darnay Scott. I loved, loved Darnay Scott. I'd be, I was happy to let other people take pickings. Give me Darnay Scott in the, that's right. in the eighth round. Yeah. Oh, and man, he'd win you a week, three, three weeks a year. He'd win the week for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Darnell Mooney, not on your fantasy team, definitely on your fictional night radio list. So uh, 
post-free agency trade season grievances. Uh, Andy, what's a grievance about uh, now that we know free agency has happened, trades have happened, the rosters are set, what's your grievance in there? This isn't even really a grievance. I just wanted to talk about it. I just I just find it so hilarious <laughs> that the the Jets are just running, trying to run back the Packers, you know, 2021 offense, 2020 offense. Um, <laughs> I don't amazing. This we don't we don't see this very often, right? Like this isn't just Aaron Rodgers that relocated to New York. This is this is Aaron bringing Randall Cobb with him, bringing Alan Lazard with him, bringing Hackett with him. It was just as disgraced as one can be last year, right? Like it is a wild relocation of um, Green Bay uh, assets uh, uh, into into New York. And and we don't like Aaron Rodgers is probably still really good. Obviously, he had injury issues that he was dealing with last year. But there's a non-trivial chance that we are very much in the on the downside for for Aaron Rodgers right now. We've surely already seen his best seasons. Um, it's possible that like washed is a strong word that I'm not going to use, but it's possible that he's that he's already sort of at a at a sub Derek Carr level and it's not going to get any better. I mean, I think he's a, you know, a, like a genius level quarterback, but man, like age catches up to everyone. And I just I can't believe they've done it. And like Randall Cobb was just the was just the cherry on top of that whole thing. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea why that had to happen. I always forget that Randall Cobb is still in the league. And then I'm like, oh, hey, look, Randall Cobb. Good for him. <laughs> those those couple weeks where Aaron Rodgers was just showing up like in the first row of every like NBA playoff game and NHL game in New York was that was one of my favorite times in recent sports history. He just looks so uncomfortable and lost and didn't know anybody's name. And like, who am I sitting next to today? And oh, man, good times. I'd like to imagine that's Aaron Rodgers in most settings, just kind of confused <laughs> about where he is and how he got there. It's <laughs> I love it. We'll see how that works out. I could sure see that being a, a, a wonderful experience for the Jets. I could also see it just like Denver did last year. Uh, Jen, are you buying Garrett Wilson high? Uh, he's going like second, early third round now. Are you buying him with Aaron Rodgers there? I'm not. I, I, I tend to go more with like Amon Ross St. Brown or Waddle, you know, in that when I'm there in that, you know, when those guys, yeah, I, I mean, I think I may have taken him a time or two. Um, but given the choice, I think there's other guys I'd rather see there. Because like Andy said, we just don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we've seen so many of these quarterbacks. Tom Brady excluded, right? Because he's a robot. He's but always like, the exclusion. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, you know, I, you know, we all witnessed Peyton Manning, you know, as great as he is. His last year, he was just kind of trotting out there. And, you know, there was a, a legitimate decline that we saw happening. And I feel like... Um, I don't want to waste that much draft capital on someone if that ends up being the case uh, with Wilson, because he is going very high. I, I like it, but it does not to throw the old cliche out there. It does seem like he's being drafted at his ceiling. It, it does yeah. seem there. So uh, let's go to your grievance for post free agency and trade, Jen. Um, I'm super bummed that the bills did not uh, grab a, a good wide receiver too for Josh Allen. I mean, we're, you know, here we are wasting peak Josh Allen years. And they just, you know, there were plenty of receivers. I like, I think we, I remember a show we did. I was, I think we were talking about fits that we wanted there. And, you know, I feel like like Adam Thielen would have been a nice fit, you know, reunite him and digs, get him in there. There were, there were players that they could have brought in, you know, now we're rolling with Gabe Davis again. We got Deontay Hardy. We got Trent Sherfield. I mean, come on, you know, you got one of, you know, one of the best quarterbacks to probably ever play the game there and they're you know and they have a great coach. i mean they have a great team but you're just kind of wasting peak allen 
um, with this, you know, bevy of randoms after Stefan Diggs. Hey, there could only be one winner of the Chase Claypool sweepstakes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Buffalo. <laughs> Andy, is Dalton Kincaid that wide receiver, too, that we're all hoping for in Buffalo? <laughs> I'm going to get to Dalton Kincaid later. Um, I, I, I think he's fine. Um, he's he's one of a couple of players at this fake position that they that they have, obviously, um, not, you know, <laughs> Knox being the other. Um, I, I, I mostly agree with Jen here that it's a. Uh, and some of it is a reflection of like the free agency class of receiver. There just wasn't a lot out there. Right. Which is, which is why the bears made that aggressive reckless move for chase Claypool. I mean, it was just a, just a really rough class. Um, could the, could the bills have possibly gotten in on, you know, they couldn't have gotten in on DJ Moore. He's like the only other guy who was getting traded this off season. So it, I, I will say though, in a, in a, in a draft that had so many, not, not necessarily like, high level can't miss wide receiver prospects, but so many good like slot receiver prospects. It's, it's a little bit wild that they didn't come away with one. Especially when they lose Isaiah McKenzie, who was supposed to be that slot guy for them that didn't pan out. You'd think they would have grabbed one of those guys. I'm with you completely. Uh, I I hate that the Titans didn't add anything to the offense. They added an offensive lineman. They lost Robert Woods. I know Robert Woods wasn't much last year. Like that was a bad season for Robert Woods. He still led the team in receptions, targets, and receiving yards. Like this team has Traylon Burks, who we all like but we're expecting a big jump from Traylon Burks. And then they've got Chigogonkwu, who also we like, but we're expecting these big jumps out of these players for the offense to come up from being one of the worst offenses in the league. They were 30th in yards. They were 28th in points last year. Ryan Tannehill is basically a lame duck quarterback. Like he's basically the ballots are in and he's not the party's nomination for the next round. (laughs) That's what's happening with Ryan Tannehill. He's got one foot out the door. Like, this is going to be Derrick Henry running the ball 200 times in the first six weeks before his feet give out. I just, I hate this offense, and I'm angry that they didn't add anything to it except an offensive line. I mean, the thing is, they can win the division. Like, the division is right (laughs) there, right? Like, to to not add anything significant off. And they, of course, they might still add Nuke. That could happen, and that would blow up the projection for Traylon and Chig and all that. Like... So they could still add, but it's but it's kind of outrageous when you just look at the fact that like there's, uh, you know, Jacksonville's a good team, an ascending team, but nothing's guaranteed like they can absolutely win that division. And the offense is just so meh. Yeah, I, I, I like Jacksonville, but yeah, we're not banking on them, right? Like it's it wouldn't shock anybody if Jacksonville came to earth and Tennessee was able to take that. I. It, it baffles me completely. So uh, let's go to the post NFL draft grievances. We haven't really talked too much about the rookies. Uh, we we mentioned a little Dalton Kincaid, but outside of that uh, post NFL draft grievances, what do you think, Andy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still just, sh- and I have no real allegiance to the Houston Texans, but I cannot believe that they traded all that they traded for, for Will Anderson. That is, um, that is, as that is as in the moment as bad a trade as I think I've, as I think I've ever seen. And we just mentioned new Hopkins and that was a pretty bad trade too, but, um, like they, okay. So they, <laughs> they, they trade picks 12 and 33 in this last draft. So 33, you know, practically a, practically a first rounder. Um, they, they then trade their first and third in 2024. And they, they just, they sort of traded their way into a position where unless Will Anderson is like, not just a hall of famer, but like an inner circle best to ever do it. Hall of famer. I, I don't see how they can possibly walk away thinking that you know 10 years from now 15 years from now that they won that trade and then when you look at what they could have done um just based on what 
what would have fallen to them. You know, you could have paired CJ Stroud with a collegiate teammate, um, JSN, right? And then you're still a bad team next year. And maybe you're drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, right? Like, and I, I, that, that seems awesome to me. I can't believe that that wouldn't be better. Like, I, I hope Will Anderson, I, I've heard him interviewed many times. Um, seems like a lovely person. <laughs> like, like I, I find him easy to root for. Um, I can't believe they made that trade. There's, there are very few players in NFL history that are, that are worth all that Houston gave up for him. Um, so hope it works out. Um, can't imagine it will. It could be a top five pick next year. They could be trading a top five yeah. pick next year. I literally right. could be, be Marvin Harrison him. jr. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a, like a true impact player in, in what seems like it's going to be a great draft class. And 33 could have grabbed a receiver there too. Like the best thing you could do is to take a really good receiver with your, I'm, I'm with you completely, Eddie. <laughs> uh, Jen, how about you post-draft grievances? Well, like Andy said, I have no allegiance uh, to this team, the Falcons. I just um, find it frustrating that they didn't add a quarterback. You know, I understand they hey. took me Jan Robinson. Hey. I get it. What? My oh, dynasty, like my dynasty league rosters are very upset with you for this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was not aware you were a big Desmond Ritter fan. I'm sorry. I I'm not. I just happen to have a lot of him. <laughs> I just feel like, and like I understand that they went for Bijan, and I get it. But at the same time, um, you've got so much young talent. You've got Pitts. You've got Drake London, and now you have Robinson, and you have a quarterback that's just not able to carry all of that. And he may be, prove me wrong, and he may be fantastic. Um, and I will be eating my words uh, next year, Festivus. I will be complaining that I wasn't high enough on. Desmond Ritter, but I really don't think that's going to happen. And I just, it bums me out for the Falcons. And, you know, I, I lived in Georgia for a time and I have plenty of friends that are Falcon fans and I'm just bummed out of just kind of what they're doing with that team. It's, it's like rebuild after rebuild after rebuild. And it's like, when does that, you know, so I'm just bummed for them that, uh, we have another season with, with Desmond Ritter or not another, but you know, we're going you in. Know what one of the one of the things that people are going to forget about this offseason, uh, except maybe some Falcons fans, is that um, there, I mean, there was a moment there when L Lamar Jackson was reportedly uh, on the trade block. Yeah. And Atlanta, like publicly got out of that. Like Atlanta was yes. like, no, like there was there were reports that the Atlanta Falcons weren't interested in Lamar Jackson. Um, like whatever you think of Desmond Ritter. Lamar's much better. Lamar oh, yeah. is in a, Imagine, a much yeah. different class of quarterback and would have been perfect for what they want to do for that offensive identity. It is crazy to me that they, that they were never seriously in on Lamar. All those teams that came out were like, no Lamar, no Lamar, like immediately. Like what's, what do you gain from releasing that? Even if internally you think that way, what do you gain from doing that? It just makes you look silly because Lamar's, Lamar's incredible. <laughs> sometimes you want to like you know you want to you want to stick by your own guys right i get that like maybe it's just misdirection and there was no you know the team didn't want to didn't want to say anything that could be perceived as negative about ritter but even Des desmond ritter had to be like come on go get what are, we, what are we doing <laughs> absolutely uh so for me it's mostly i loved ken walker i was really excited about ken walker uh, i still actually like him i still think he's gonna play a lot of snaps i think he's a home run hitter uh so you know adp in the fifth round i still think that's a good value for ken walker but pre-draft he was a first round pick and we were all excited about ken walker and he was so good at the end of last season and i was i was buying it pete carroll running backs i love it and then charbonnet in the second round i just uh, two running backs in the second round in subsequent years i you know, he's got that well-rounded profile. I'm sure he's a lovely person, but he just made a situation <laughs> that wasn't Merck into Merck. 
And now I'm unhappy because I've got another murky running back situation. So uh, both those guys, ADP are okay. We've talked about that in previous weeks, Jen, but I just hate that they took this like bona fide first round running back off the board for me. <laughs> well, as I've told you, Brandon, once, once they all get hurt and then it'll be Kenny McIntosh and then, you know, <laughs> Once Walker goes down and Charbonnet goes down, Seattle running backs get hurt. They all do. And you'll, you'll, we're going to end up with, you know, DJ Dallas and Kenny McIntosh backfield. You'll see by week nine to, to Walker's credit. Like he got hurt last year and he, that guy played through it, like in the most important fantasy weeks. So that, you know, tip of the tip of the cap to him. I needed it. You, you guys probably needed it. Like that was awesome. And he did those th- great things where you'd see like the first half statistics. He'd have like 12 carries, eight <laughs> yards, and then he'd yeah. have like a 70 yard touchdown. And you'd be like, oh, great. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, current fantasy draft grievances. We're, we're running up on time. I don't want to keep you late. So we'll breeze through these last two categories I've got for you, Andy. Uh, current fantasy draft grievances. Anyone personal experiences? I'm talking like draft slots or snipes. Anything that's bugging you about current drafts that you're going through? Yeah, no, I like I tried to come into this offseason being the the Bijan Robinson hot take guy. Like I I legitimately think he can be the number one running back in, in fantasy football next year. I don't like I, I assume other people have that same feeling, but like I'm I'm almost willing to draft him there. Like it's not gonna surprise me at all if he's the number one overall pick next year. And I can't get him to save my life. Um, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done any super important drafts yet. Right. Like anything that I'm, that I'm just going to yeah, the leagues that I really obsess over, but like every mock I sign up for, you know, we, we go through this like magazine mock season and they let you sign up for your draft pick. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take the fourth pick. I'll get Bijan there and I'll be able to write about him and that'll be awesome. And then somebody takes him third. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody is beating me to Bijan all of the time. I think he's great. I, I think he's one of the best running back prospects I've ever seen. And he landed on a place that can't wait to feed him. So it's a, uh, like, I don't need to talk people into Bijan Robinson. I just think I'm, I'm super annoyed that I haven't got him yet. <laughs> it happens in our, the four for four one you did for us. Uh, I think you signed up for four and he went at three. Yes. Yeah. That is exactly. Yeah. 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 I signed up for like four or five. I'm like, Oh man, I got something great to write about here. And I, I think I'd, I think I'd maybe written a sentence or two. Right. And then of course somebody takes him three. People try to out Bijan people. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a notorious rookie running back fan. I always enjoy me some rookie running back. So it's uh it's, it's very unfair that no one will let you have Bijan. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, how about you? Well, my grievance is more just draft slot. It's just the bad, you know, the algorithm, you know, underdog for me. I just, I've done a ton of drafts, whether it's in the puppies or the, you know, the best ball mania, all of them. I, for some reason, I'm like spot nine through 11, nine through 12. I can't get those top slots. And it's frustrating because I feel like not just the first round, like I'm fine with whatever, but I just can't get anyone I want because what happens is if I say I want to go early, you know, early quarterback, it's like, I can't, I'm not going to reach for Josh Allen, you know, on the turn or, or Mahomes, And I just, I can't get hurt. I, I can't get any of the top uh, quarterbacks unless I reach for him. I don't want, I'm not going to do that. And I just keep getting screwed out of the running. I don't know. It's just a weird, um, I think nine through 12. It's like, you know, I figured it out and, I, and I've figured out kind of my rhythm, but there's a lot of guys I want. I just can't get. And, um, uh, Underdog needs to kind of mix up their situation so I can get a better slot. I'm always, it's like 10, 11. I don't know how the algorithm works. I know it's just random, whatever it is, but I am all, they always spew me right air into that, into that spot. And it's annoying. That's it. My grievance. I feel like it's personal. I feel like you need to, you need to do some vibing. That's what I think needs to happen. 
um i i keep drafting in the seven to nine area right uh, so i have like a lot of austin eckler and travis kelsey and occasionally if i want to go like a little bold and counter i'll, I'll take cd lamb in there or something like that but uh because you know how bold. Much you love cd lamb you'll no, take one one if you could i mean taking him ahead of adp oh, you know what i mean because okay. he's going top of the second round so i if i take him there everyone's always a little bit oh you reached but um but I want Jamar Chase. I want a a power Bengals stack. I want a powerful Bengals offense. I've picked first a couple times, uh, but it was early on, and so I just took Jefferson. And I and both times I've picked second, Jamar Chase has gone first. And I don't understand why those are the leagues that I've popped in and gotten second. But usually, like you, I'm picking seventh to ninth kind of in that area. And I just want one roster where I can take Chase and I can take uh, Burrow. And then you, you can know, even get Higgins if you're up there, yeah, but I, right? I can't get any of those guys either because of where I am. Can't I just get Chase, want can't one. get Higgins. Yeah. yeah, just want one. I can't get any Jamar Chase. It's very disappointing. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go ADPs that don't make sense. Let's move on to ADPs that don't make sense, and then we'll close out. Andy, uh, who's somebody that you just can't believe where they're going? Um, I open this with a pound the table, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pound the table on this one too. I cannot believe um, that Dalton Kincaid is going ahead of Sam Laporta. It's ah. outrageous. It offends me. It is it is an abomination. Um, let, yeah, okay. I'm I'm an Iowa guy, um, and I'm partial to Iowa tight ends. I will admit that. Um, Sam Laporta's situation is so good. We don't we don't find this very often uh, among rookies. Again, it's a fake position, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, but like he lands, he lands in Detroit where like, obviously there's no Hawkinson there anymore. They threw something like 12 touchdown passes to the tight end position last year. None of them are any good. Um, Sam Laporte is a really good player. He is an incredible after the catch player. Uh, that, that guy in back-to-back seasons at Iowa had over 650 receiving yards, which doesn't seem like a lot, but if you really knew that offense, that's like, that's like 2,400 yards in a, in simply an average college offense, right? Like, he, he's going to be so good. Um, there's there's a non-trivial chance that he finishes as a top five fantasy tight end as a rookie. I, I, I think he's fantastic. I think he's way underdrafted. Top five. I love that. To be fair to you, Iowa tight end. It's a, it's mean, a junk position. So like yeah. it's Travis Kelsey and almost everybody else. So like True. saying a tight end is going to be top five <laughs> is like, what is that? To, to be fair to you, Iowa is tight end university. So it is fair to it be is. bullish on Iowa tight ends. That is that that's interesting. The other thing I, I, I gotta agree with you, Amon Ross St. Brown is great there, but there's nobody there who can go up and go up and catch a fade in the end zone. Like there's nobody that can do that. That's something Laporta can do, absolutely. So uh, I'm with you there. And Kinkin, there's all sorts of targets in Buffalo. I, I'm with you. Uh Jen, how about you? Well, first of all, I'd like to argue. I, I know that Iowa is tight end you, but I would like to argue <laughs> that right now Georgia has, you know, a pretty good, pretty good tight end still on the roster and Darnell Washington in Pittsburgh uh, coming from there this year. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, my my ADP um, guy that I, Christian Watson, like I don't understand why he's in the fourth round. I don't understand why he's wide receiver 20. I mean, we, we don't know what we have in Jordan Love, first of all. We don't know what is going to happen there with that offense. And then there was actually an article that came out from the Athletics beat writer, uh, the Green Bay guy, Matt Schneidman. He thinks Romeo Dobbs is going to lead Green Bay in receptions uh, after watching you know camps and stuff. He's not even thinking of Watson as that wide receiver one, and he's still being drafted in the fourth round. So uh, no thank you on Watson for me. We don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. I get I that. I mean, he could be great or he could stink. I mean, we have no clue. And are you buying anyone in that Green Bay passing game? Also, Jaden Reed's really good, right? <laughs> right? Like they they drafted a really really good rookie who would have looked great on a lot of teams. So, um, 
it's easy to believe in Watson's athletic talent. I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of the, the chase Claypool type in that regard, right? He's big, he's super fast. He can, he can jump out of the building. Um, his, his worst moments were really bad last year. And some of his best moments were really just Aaron Rodgers' creations, right. And people taking bad angles on him that they're probably not going to take this year. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if, um, Reed in particular, outperformed him this I like that some of that is just a reflection of of my my opinion of Reed but uh yeah I like I definitely think that we are drafting Watson at something pretty close to the to the top of his uh, range of outcomes yeah I'm with you give me all the Jaden Reed that's the dynasty player in me who loves me some Jaden Reed so uh I don't understand why Kyle Pitts is going so high. He's going in the sixth round. He's going as the tight end five right now. I get that we love him as a prospect, but even if you take away the injury aspect, like he was 20th in tight end half PPR points per game last year. So uh, nothing changed in Atlanta. Did Arthur Smith retire? Um, did they sign Patrick Mahomes? And I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? I, it, Jen talked about Desmond Ritter there. No, what they did, they brought in an all-world running back to double down on the idea that we're going to run the ball constantly. And that's all they're going to do. And Matt Collins isn't nothing. Matt Collins is a guy you can. I like Collins. Yeah. Know. Right. So there's more, uh, th- there's, there's less targets. Uh, we're expecting Drake London to, to take that step. Uh, probably still going to be near the bottom of the league in pass attempts. Like I love Kyle Pitts too, but why is he going to the tight end five? I'm out. I'm completely out on Kyle Pitts. As the tight um, end what, once again, they don't even pretend he's a tight end. Like right? they don't use him as a tight end. They're not even pretending he's a tight end. It is so ridiculous that <laughs> that is even a distinct position in fantasy. It's outrageous. <laughs> I should have banged the table for that. I was going to say that we should have done the entire podcast about this. <laughs> Just fake position. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I always say the barren wasteland that is the tight end position in articles. Now I'm just going to call it the fake position per Andy Barron. It's a totally fake position. (laughs) All right. Well, I will uh, mercifully let you go and enjoy the rest of your day, Andy. uh, Thank you so much again for joining us. Listeners, make sure you follow Andy on Twitter at Andy Barron's. Check out all his fantastic work at Yahoo Sports. Andy, any final thoughts or plugs before you go? No, it's just, it's such a pleasure to, to be on with you guys. Um, I love doing this show every year. It's a great concept and uh, it's good catching up with you. Awesome. Thanks again, Andy. Uh, Jen, thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, listeners, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out and have a good day.